our next film, Magic is Real, but not in the hands of these screenwriters. This week we watched Next from 2007, a nonsensical thrill ride that strives for mind-bending, but was mostly just confusing. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! Interesting choice of words. What is that? What is that? What is that? Oh, no, not the bee! Not the bee! Ah! <laughs> I have a pixie pair! <laughs> okay, let's run. This is the unbearable fate of massive talent. I'm Brittany Green. And I'm Liz Kurtzman. It's been a while. We accidentally took a hiatus. <laughs> we accidentally took a little summer break. Yeah. We've just been busy. Yeah. We're not uh, making the big bucks doing this podcast, turns out. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, not until we get sponsors. No. Who would you want to sponsor this podcast? Trident. Oh, that was so toothpaste. You're so quick. You were ready. You're like, I've already written them asking if they'll be our Trident sponsors. Toothpaste. Maybe Casper Mattress. I want a Nectar Mattress, I think. Oh, okay. I laid on one last week and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. That's what I want. Nectar, if you're listening, we'll show for you. We will. We'll say so many nice things. Just send us a free mattress. Oh, we'll send us two free mattresses. Just one. We have to share it. (laughs) (laughs) We take turns sleeping on it. All right. You get the bed this week. Um, So we watched Next this week. Yeah. What a film to come back from hiatus to. (laughs) Guys. Guys, I don't think I've been more mad about a movie in quite some time. Yeah, we were trying to remember the last time we'd been this mad about a film. It's been a while. I mean, it's like that fun kind of, uh, you know, every once in a while you need one of these. It's wildly entertaining. Yes. Um, but it it's makes not no a, sense. Yeah, it's not a boring film. And... I don't know. They do a, a... Everyone does a competent job that's in the film. It's just like nothing makes sense. Not Did you even, see... You, neither of us had seen this before, no. right? Okay. The only thing I'd seen of this film was that kind of jump the scare. I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. If you are... I sent Liz many months ago a clip from this movie of <laughs> they're visiting some children in... Well, the way the clip is, it was like a TikTok clip, and it yeah. said like something about like I wasn't expecting this jump, jump yeah. scare, and it's just like Jessica Biel in her twenties, um, early two thousands look, right? And um, she's talking to these kids, and they're like, "Is that your boyfriend? I think he likes you." And she gives this just like this dreamy look at someone off camera, and then the and then camera it flashes <laughs> over, and it's Nick Cage with his goofy hair, just like. <laughs> Uh, it's really funny. It's a yeah, funny setup. That was the only thing Having that I knew. Having a setup as a jump scare is also <laughs> very good. It's very good. Uh, so all I really knew about this film was that it had a, a zany plot description. I confused it with knowing because that one he tells sort of sees the future and this yeah. one he sees the future. Um, and they're from about the same time. And I knew Jessica Biel was in it. And that's what I knew about this film. Um... It, it, it was a film. Um, (laughs) so like, just like starting ground up, 
Yeah. Nick Cage is a magician. Yes. We see him at the beginning of the movie. He's working in Vegas. Mm-hmm. He can see two minutes into the future and there's like a... Which he of... tells us in a little voiceover. Yeah. That I don't know ever comes back. Yeah, I guess that's the I only That's the only time he does like... He does get. like explains his powers, which... I think would have been better if we had, like, a moment with him and Peter Falk where he explains his powers. Yeah, I have nothing to back this up, but I feel like any time that you see a main character in a casino, there's going to be voiceover. Yes. Um, it does seem to be required. Because doesn't, like, Danny Ocean do some voiceover stuff? And, like, I think so. Anytime you've got a character doing something unsavory in a casino, it's yeah. got to be voiceover. <laughs> I feel like Poker Face also had some voiceover. Yeah. yeah, it's required. It's also required that you play a little less conversation. Which they do in this film. They do. Yeah. That's just the most Vegas song. Yeah. Um, so this is a film that was Except ba- for maybe Viva Las Vegas. Yes. That's too Vegas. That's, that's too, too that's on too on the nose. Yeah. Like, we're not that crazy. Um, so this was based on Philip K. Dick's The Golden Man, which is a short story. Um, it's set in the future. His this is very loosely based on the Golden Man. Um, that's a story, and I'll I'll read you like the one sentence description and then the synopsis because okay. it's a banana synopsis. Um, the the sort of Reader's Digest version, it's set in the future. Mutants are real. People, like, there's some people mm-hmm. who have evolved to have powers, but they are killed or imprisoned by humans. Um, and there's a golden-skinned feral man named Chris who is captured by the government and is set to be executed, but he uses his powers of precognition to escape. And I said, I understand how we got that this film out of that description. Then I read the full plot summary and I was taken aback um, because the protagonists in the story are the government agent and his fiance. So the government's the good guy in this story. They are the people who track down and sterilize or eliminate mutants. Um, and they find this Chris. Yeah, like reverse X-Men. Yeah, it is. Um, they find Chris. He's got gold colored skin and the proportions quote of a Greek god. Um, he possesses no language, but has the ability to see the future. Why can't he speak, I wonder? I don't know. Um, specifically, the ability to see all possible outcomes from any single action. Action described as like a chess player who could see all possible moves. Um, and then the agency captures him, um, and he surrenders himself, and they take him back to their laboratory to study and execute him. Um, unknown to the agency, Chris's physical perfection and noble-looking countenance influence the man's fiance into freeing him. He then impregnates her and makes his escape as she provides a distraction to aid him. The story ends with the protagonist. Wait, they, he impregnates her like he, she's rescuing him from the government, and they, and they have sex before she. Yeah, before he escapes because he looks like a Greek god, I guess. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the story ends. I understand based on that description why you would read that and then be like Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> he is like a golden god. Yes. So. And then this is the kicker is the end. The story ends with the protagonist reflecting on how animal instincts have triumphed over human intellect and how that's the new direction evolution will take if Chris continues to breed children with his abilities. Interesting. Yeah. So it's sort of the opposite. Because animals can see into the future because. I don't know. The animal thing doesn't make sense to me. Um, I guess because he's feral and he doesn't talk. Yeah. But he seems to be, like, more advanced in other ways. So I don't know why it's an animal thing. Except it's just, like, this. he was so hot, this woman wanted to have sex with him. Maybe that's the animal part. 
Um, but it's fascinating because we're so used to the other, sort of like the X-Men. Right. You know, like every mutant story, it's like the government's bad and the mutant people just want to like And this one's like, watch out for those mutants. Truly, because like there's this interview with Dick where he says, I am saying that mutants are dangerous to us ordinaries. Um, we're supposed to view them as our leaders, but I always felt uneasy as to how they would view us. I mean, they wouldn't want to lead us. Maybe their super evolved lofty level, we wouldn't seem worth leading. Anyhow, even if they agreed to lead us, I felt uneasy as to where we would wind up going. It might have something to do with buildings marked showers, but which really weren't. So his is it's like a so in cautionary. Mind, it's like the Nazis were advanced. Well, because the Nazis' whole <laughs> and, thing uh, was like the Ubermensch, which is right. like the Superman, which means like we get to keep breeding and and be. Um, leading society, and then we get to kill everyone who is. We get isn't. to kill all of the lesser ones. Yeah. So he's approaching, which, like, when he was writing, I it's understand. It's an interesting point of view of, yeah. like, saying that the Nazis were, in fact, evolved, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think he was saying that. I think he was saying that that mindset yeah. is the dangerous thing. Yeah. Is if you start to see some people as better and they have the abilities that they can say that they're better than others, then. That's a dangerous road. Sure. So, like, you can see how, like, writing the story in, like, the 40s is very different from, like, in the early 2000s. Right. You know, and how that changes how we view things. Um, It's much more like, I mean, in this story, it sounds like Chris is, like, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. It's very the vibe that I'm getting. Um, So, anyway, yeah, somehow from that, we ended up with, with this movie. Well, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't happen in this movie exactly like that. He does have superpowers. And he does have sex with the lady. He does have sex with the lady. Because of his golden proportions. (laughs) Because of his golden proportions. I do have to say, he is pretty fit in this movie. He is jacked in this film. And this was, we were looking at other movies that came out the same time as this. Um, It's the same year of Ghost Rider. It's the same year as um, the second National Treasure movie. Um, So, like, he was, like, pretty fit for... Ghost Rider. He got yeah. in super good shape for that. And he mm-hmm. was like definitely like peak like on top of Hollywood when yeah. he was making this. Um and so. he's a producer on this film. And he's a producer on this one. It was his idea for his character to be a Las Vegas magician, and it was also his idea for Jessica Beale's character to be connected to a um indigenous reservation in the Grand Canyon. Okay. That specifically he came up with. Interesting. Yeah. It wasn't that important for the movie. No, I think he got it so he could do the, like, shaman line. Yeah, which you said when we were watching it, you were like, this feels like Nicolas Cage's, like, he wrote this. Yeah, because it's such a weird (laughs) little side thing that you're like, His character really loves sharing, like, weird little fun facts with her all the time. He does. It's like his mode of flirting. Yeah. There's also the part where he's telling her about the time that it rained fish in... Uh, yes. Denmark. And then even when he is, like, you know, heavy flirting with her, he's talking about, like, the Italian painter who defined what beauty was. And, like, that's how he tells her she's beautiful. And I'm like, I guess that's nice. It would be nice, but in this setting it felt very weird. <laughs> Just, like, fun fact. Yes. Um. So, yeah, he, oh, the opening magic scene is very <sighs> wild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, <sighs> we start with him like being like super racist. Yes, he like starts his magic show. First of all, before we get there, he is not a great magician, or at least not like a popular magician. 
His it's show, Vegas. There's like a million musicians. Uh, not musicians. There's a million musicians too, but also yes. a mu- million magicians in Vegas. But he has actual powers. Don't you think he could be like drawing bigger crowds? Well, he does have that whole speech at the beginning about how it's important to do the magic sort of badly so that people think that it's not mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Um, so there's so. like a reason for it. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's he does his like opening. <laughs> he says, there's this couple sitting near the front and like we didn't see them at first. We saw him speaking to them and he's, <laughs> he says something he about says, like, are there any people from the Orient in the audience today? Or? And we both were like, what? And then, and then I you were said, like, oh, oh, maybe it's a hotel. It must be a hotel. And no. And then the it camera wasn't. cut to them. And it was an Asian couple. And we, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, he meant from, like, East Asia. Yes, he did. Um, And it was, like, an older man. Um, and he does this weird word association thing where he figures out he's from Korea. And then yeah. the older man had a very young wife uh, who he calls up on stage to be his, like, um, assistant. assistant to do a trick. And this woman was, in fact, uh, his wife uh, at the time, Alice, Im- Alice Kim Cage. Um, Did you look up, are they married already at this point? I did not look that up. I okay. think that they had been together. I think they had been too. Because we were trying to figure out if that that is the mother of Cal El. Yeah. And Cal El is a teenager, so they would have had to be together. Um but yeah, we see him performing and we see Julianne Moore um there with another guy and they are carefully watching his show and she seems to already like know some stuff. While watching it. Yeah. Um, and then we get this fun bit where we sort of see his powers in action. Um, and he has, because uh, he stops a robbery. He sees this guy come in and pull a gun. Yeah, because he doesn't make a lot of money as a magician. So he also um, gambles at the casinos playing blackjack against the house and, you know, making money. But mm-hmm. he's like about to get caught at the casino. And he, well, also, here's a weird thing. So when he's about to get caught, um, he's obviously doing well at the tables because he can see two minutes into the future. And we are watching with the, like, security team. We're watching the bank of, like, televisions to look for cheaters. And they're zeroing in on him because he's doing too well. And, like, when when the head of security reaches for his walkie-talkie to, like, tell someone to go intercept him... Nicholas Cage looks up at the camera, at them, and they're like, how, how did he do that? And I was like, okay. And then he decides to, like, leave and cash out because he knows they're onto that. Um, so I can understand, like, when the guy touches his walkie-talkie. He's about to send somebody He's to about to send table. someone, so that makes sense that he would know that. But why does he look at the camera? I think that they're trying to say that somehow he knows what's going on in that room. I know, and I, but don't I don't get that part of his power. He, to. he does sort of a similar thing later with Julianne Moore. Yeah. Where she, like, says some whispers something, like, across the canyon. And he answers her. And I'm like, I don't see how he can do that. It's so weird. Um. So anyway, he goes to cash out, sees a vision of a robbery, stops the robber. But since he stops the robber before the guy 
actually shot anyone or pulled his gun, then they think just he's... looks like he's a crazy person. He looks like the robber or a crazy person with a gun. So then there's this fun chase scene through the casino where he's using his powers. There's a few moments where he uses his powers like this in the movie. That's the best part of the movie. Yeah, like the, the, the actual chase scenes are the parts that I'm like, this is why they wanted to make this film. Yeah. This is the stuff that's really fun and it, it creates this fun like... It sort of reminds me, in a way, of the, like, Quicksilver scenes in the X-Men movies. Because he... Or it was reminding me, too, a little bit of um, Sherlock Holmes, like the uh, Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes, where he's, like, using all of his logic to determine what's going to happen next. Yes. You know, and it's kind of slowing it down. And they don't actually do slow motion in this, but it's kind of similar to that whole thing where you're like, oh, he's putting together the pieces of what's happening next and just one step ahead of everybody. Yeah, um, and that part's really fun. And then he gets away with it, and he goes and steals a car and goes back to, like, a garage where Peter Falk is waiting. <laughs> and I said, what's Peter Falk doing in this movie? Yeah, weird, like, little kind of cameo, I yeah, guess. Yeah, because he's only in, he's just in that kind one of that scene, one really. scene. It's got to like be one of Peter Falk's, garage. like, last roles. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, is cute and funny, and that's it. He's never We don't know anything about their relationship. We don't know how they know. He knows about his, he knows about Chris's powers, but we don't know, are they Do you think they were gonna be in, do you think he was gonna be in more scenes, maybe? Oh, man. Maybe? Yeah, because he definitely knew about Chris's powers. I guess he's just, they're just BFFs, I guess. Here's the thing is, I, what I said is that, like, yeah, instead of doing the voiceover at the beginning, it would have been, like, more entertaining and it would have been better writing to have him and Peter Falk talking about it. And then we could learn more and it would be more interesting than just, like, him telling us over voiceover. Yeah. Um, And it would be a better use of Peter Falk. Or bring the voiceover back more consistently. Yes, yeah. That's my thing. I don't like when they just use it once. Yeah. Um, it just feels like... It feels like they had to add it because test audiences were confused. Yeah. Which might be true. <laughs> it's a very confusing It's movie. so confusing. Um, and then... Okay, so then we other, the other thing that we find out... We do find out from Peter Falk and him having a conversation is that he can only see his future two minutes ahead. Except for. Except he's been, he had a vision of this woman, who was Jessica Biel, um, walking into this diner at 8.09. And he doesn't know the day, so he goes in at like 8.09 to this diner, morning and night, to try and run into her. And he's just like, never seen anyone else, so he, that's why he's like, kind of, and also she's beautiful, so. Yeah. That helps. I think if it was like a very ugly woman. It was like Susan Boyle walking into the Yeah, he would be like, weird, and then he'd move on. Like, he wouldn't worry about it um so like even when the police are looking for him he still goes back to the diner to like try and meet her go in at 809 every morning and have a martini <laughs> a martini why is he having a martini at 809 every day in the seemingly in the morning the lighting to me says morning the one was definitely the morning yeah well when jessica beale was there she was like weren't they she talking about breakfast. pancakes yeah, yeah. She's getting breakfast. And he was drinking a martini up at the counter. Yeah. And then later when they talk to, like, the FBI, I think they say, like, he just gets a martini and comes in every day at, like, 8 and has a martini. Because he doesn't like coffee. Do you yeah. think that was a Nicolas Cage uh, contribution? I like, hope so. That Maybe that's the only thing that magicians drink. Is martinis. Is martinis. That makes sense. Yeah. 
That's it. I can't really picture David Copperfield drinking anything else. Exactly. Like Chris Angel? No. They only drink martinis. I don't know if Chris Angel actually drinks anything. I think he drinks green smoothies. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just green smoothies. Um, so anyway, we find out that Julian Moore works with the FBI. And, sorry, this is so crazy. I can't, I'm going to try to explain this. She's figured out that he's clairvoyant somehow. And that he can see up to two minutes in the future. And she is trying to recruit him or kidnap him, I guess, whichever one works. Because there is, like, a nuclear uh, bomb that's gone, that's been stolen. And she wants his help to get it. But I uh, was never clear on how he was supposed to help. No. If no, you can only no see two minutes in the future. You got a two minute head start on them exploding that nuclear bomb. It doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make more sense as the movie goes on either. It's, no. It never makes sense. No, they don't seem to have a plan for how that's supposed to. No, because we see her plan later and it's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. <sighs> I feel crazy. And they put, like, all their eggs into this magician basket, too. They're like, we got this guy who can see two minutes <laughs> into the future. That's the only way we're going to stop this nuclear plot that we already know about somehow. Yeah. So we don't just keep investigating whatever that lead is. We instead go and get this magician guy who does not want to help us. No. He pointedly says no. And then the guys, the terrorists that have the <laughs> nuclear bomb find out that the FBI wants to go after this guy, and they're like, well, shit, we have to go and kill this guy before they can get him. But they Instead don't know of doing, why! They don't know what his deal is. I don't think they ever find out that he can see the future. I don't think so either. They're just like, who is this man in this yellow jacket that we've been following around this movie? They're like, I don't know, but the, the FBI wants him, so we better kill him. So they spend so much time and effort on Chasing killing him. Around. They have, like, all of their best people following him around and trying to snipe him. It makes no... It makes no sense. It makes no sense. They have a nuclear bomb. Just blow up the nuclear bomb. Yeah. The FBI is distracted. Go and do the nuclear bomb thing. There's, like, a meeting where they're talking about how, like, critical the situation is. And she's just like, we have no choice but to bring in this guy, Chris Johnson the Magician. And somehow she wins her argument. She's very commanding. Oh, yeah. They went real. This is, like, a prime example like, of 100% strong female character. gaslight girl boss. Exactly. Like, they're like, here she is shooting at targets. Here she is being mean to people. She's got blazers. She's got guns. Like, it's... And she's just, like, so dogged to the point of, stu- of stupidity. She's so tough. Yeah, she's just so tough. That's her only character trait um and then jessica beale finally walks into the diner while chris is there and we get it's so weird (laughs) it's so it it feels a lot like groundhog day yeah where you know where he is like testing out all of the different ways that he can approach her yes and And then no and they don't work over and over again um, what does end up working is that her, like, ex-boyfriend, who's a real skis, um, comes in and is, like, grabs her. And so Nick Cage lets this guy hit him. And then she feels sorry for him. And then he makes and up a story. he makes up a bunch of lies so that he can get in a car with her to go to Flagstaff. Yeah. Which yep. I'm like, what a bad way to start a relationship. Lies about his car being stolen. 
lies about needing to go to Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what he says to her? Or not really to her. To, to uh, her, to her slimeball boyfriend? Yeah. Um, the guy He's says, like, like, who are you? And he says, I'm her future. No. And what's incredible is he uses the same line even at, Twice, like... Twice, because he, he tests it out where he, like, fights the boyfriend, and it's just, like, super impressive, and she doesn't actually end up liking that. And so he tries again where he lets the guy punch him, and... Yeah, and he uses the I'm her future line in both versions. He keeps that. Why would you keep that? I don't know. I, if someone said that, if a I man know. I didn't know said that, Goodbye. I would be like, well, I, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I just slip out the back while they were fighting. No thanks. Ugh. It's so weird. Um, And then, like, she, they go on a road trip together. Yeah. How do you feel about their chemistry? Um... It's kind of cute. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. I don't know. She's sort of a character that doesn't really have a lot to do. You yeah. Know? She's she's the, like... Um, yeah, if I were to try to explain her character without talking about her occupation, mm-hmm. I don't think I'd have much to say. No. She doesn't really show, other than being, like, compassionate, you know, because she is this, like... We find out that she is a teacher at uh, a, an indigenous reservation. Reserv- I forgot how to say that word. Um, what is going on? <laughs> the fairies are trapped in the your computer. The fairies are trapped in my computer. <laughs> and I tried to stop it, but it won't stop. Um, and I, this was all to try and make my computer do fewer notifications. Interesting. <laughs> But obviously, it's increased. They're like, we'll notify you. We'll notify you every time we block a notification. (laughs) Um, So yeah, she's a teacher at a reservation. And uh, I mean, it's sort of a like, look at how compassionate and selfless she is. It's the kind of vibe. Yeah, there was no reason for them to go to that reservation other than to have that, to have her jump scare moment. To have that weird moment. Is that your boyfriend? <laughs> I think he likes you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Nick Cage, like, gets to ask her questions about shamans. Uh, yeah. And well, and then they do, I guess, get stopped before they go to Flagstaff because of the thunderstorm. They do get stopped. But wait, the the falls that was in the scene. Oh, You right. knew it. Yeah, so it's, uh, gosh, I'm going to skewer the name of the... Falls Havasupai. Yeah. Um, so I've been to the Grand Canyon and like that's a place in the Grand Canyon that a lot of people go to. But the only way to get there is to hike 10 miles in and then hike another 10 miles out. <laughs> um, there's no way to drive down there. Yeah. And she frames it as like, we have to make a quick stop on the way to Flagstaff. Yeah. And her version of a quick stop is let's hike 10 miles into the Grand Canyon to the reservation. Do a 20 mile hike. 20 mile full. Yeah. Well, she's wearing flats. She's wearing a cute little dress and she's got her purse. Yes. It's hilarious. Once you told me that, I left. I couldn't, I couldn't take it because they're just like, beep, boop, beep, they walk by the trailhead, and then they're, like, at the falls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, okay. <laughs> like, it's kind of a famous place, yeah. too, so I feel like, I don't know, they just think Americans are kind of dumb, I guess. But yeah, I mean. We are, largely. We are. But. 
too dumb to get this movie, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then they get, like, um, it rains, and they have to, oh, the, the road is out. Yes. So they have to go to the Cliffhanger Motel. Which I want to visit. It looked cute. It looked super cute. It was very nice inside. It's like a log cabin chic. Very log cabin chic. Very nice, but very simple. Um, and he volunteers to sleep in the car and she can have the room. He's such a gentleman. What a gentleman. And she is very uh, turned on by that, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> and the next morning, so after he sleeps out in the car all night. Like, oh, I thought she was make me share a bed with him. Yeah, I kind of thought that she would be like, oh, no, you can like sleep on the couch or something. You don't have to sleep in the car. No, she lets him sleep in the car. But then the next morning when he's sitting in the room talking to her, she walks out of the shower just, like, in her towel and comes out of the room. And I was like, these are mixed signals. Yeah. <laughs> this is confusing. Um, but this is my favorite. He, <laughs> he like, uses a napkin to make, like, a rose and then makes it burst into flames and then is holding a real rose. And at this point, I said to you, what if she doesn't know he's a magician? Because <laughs> I we haven't seen that conversation. I'm sure he's had it. We did it. see him do some magic at Havasupai. Yes. But that was like... What? Wait, what? what? He gifts the birthday boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. The lizard yeah. that he makes appear in his hand. Yeah. That's... But that could be... You don't know that he's a professional magician. If a man did that to me and just held out like a flaming rose, I would be very thrown off. <laughs> Like, huh. Uh, okay, thanks. Magic. <laughs> a witch. <laughs> uh, and then they have... Oh, no, wait. <laughs> Sorry. And then the scene keeps going because he gives it to her and then they're staring at each other and he says, wow, that was incredible. And she says, what? And then he says, this. And, and then he they kisses out. her. And I said... This is so gross. So weird. <laughs> and then she's, like, shocked when he's like, I can see two minutes into the future. Yes. There's so many weird Not things. Not that, he... like, I think she should just, like, assume that. But, but the other things that he's done that are, like, so weird, wouldn't she be like, oh, is that why you said <laughs> She would that think weird at some point she would be kissed? like, what do you mean? Or, like, yeah. why did you say that? You know, like, he does so many of these. There's a part, I thought for sure it was going to come up because when. Oh, when they're at the police guy yes. and he like says the name of the motel before, before the officer it. can say it yeah uh chris says it and the officer and her are thrown off um but she doesn't even say like oh have you been here before no she just is like beep boop beep boop beep and like <laughs> goes with him to the hotel she never questions anything he says and then he's like i can see two minutes in the future and she's like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard and i'm yeah. like i what <laughs> Uh, anyway, they have sex. <laughs> I like, so, like, the, when he has to prove to her that he can see into the future, I thought that was a clever way to do it. Yes. Um, jumping yeah. sort of ahead, because she, like... But, though, we should say, like, there's this shot of them, like, laying in bed together naked, where yeah. they're just, like, happy, and they're talking about destiny, and, because he was all about, like, destiny's real, and, of course, he knows 
sort of that Destiny's real because you can see the future and she's like, I don't want to believe that Destiny's real because I don't want to believe that like everything has already been figured out for me. So now I guess the sex was so good that she's like, maybe Destiny is real. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, he's, a, he's a golden, he's a golden, uh, he's the golden man. Greek specimen, <laughs> Greek god specimen of a man. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, with the Greek proportions. Um, Do you think he's got the Greek penis? <laughs> I don't know. Those sculptures. Man. <laughs> well, they did say that, like, uh, having, I, I believe the ancient Greeks thought having a big penis was, like, a sign of inferiority. I think you're right. I, yeah. I've read that. There you go. <laughs> a little fact for everyone. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun fact about Fun penis penises. Fun penis <laughs> We've got more. Anyway. <laughs> um... So she gets, like, accosted by Julianne Moore's character, who was, like, the man you're with is a psychopath, and he held up this casino, like, lying to her fully, because she knows that's not what happened, and she convinces her to give him a sleeping pill in his, like, orange juice, and gives her instructions, but my favorite part of this exchange is that she tells, when Jessica Biel is like, (laughs) Jessica Biel is like, why are you making me do this instead of, like, you guys? And she can't be, like, because he can see in the future and you have a better chance Yeah, because they already were trying to get her to believe that he's, like, a crazy person. So they can't, like, admit that he's clairvoyant and that's why they want him. So instead she's, like, you work as a teacher at this reservation uh, through a government program and I'm in the FBI. So we both work for the government. Same team. Same team. And I said, what? <laughs> I thought she was going to, like, threaten the reservation for a second, somehow. It's the implication. It's the implication, I guess. But then I was like, what does that mean? Like, you're going to defund the teaching program? I, I t- yeah. And then she's just like, we're both government employees. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Terrible plans. Um, yeah, and then in this po- at this point is when she's, like, trying to figure out when to put the, like, sleeping pill in the orange juice and I just wrote nothing makes sense in this movie <laughs> okay yeah because so she Julianne Moore tells her that she has to wait until he's been out of the room for two minutes before she does it but it's not the putting the sleeping pill into the drink that he needs to see it's the him getting knocked out and I guess it takes five minutes for it to knock him out so I guess it would work theoretically but, because it's like he need, but he can see it when people like are thinking about him. Yeah, that's the thing. Is is like if it was they also tried. They to would give be you... able. To, he would be able to see her like checking her watch, right? And like, yeah. and yeah, it. I don't understand because. <laughs> Because, like, they set it up earlier, like, when people are thinking about him, he can see it because that's what happened in the casino. Yeah. There's some other things that happen that are, like, I'm not clear on what on how his power works because there's a part where a sniper is going to shoot him. And then there's almost, like, a moment where he looks at the sniper and the sniper hears, like, feedback and, like, flinches. And I was like, yeah, that can he make them hear stuff? Yeah, that was weird. I didn't get I... that. I just am choosing to ignore that. I won't ignore it. <laughs> I can't let it slide. There's so many. There's so many other things. Yeah, that don't make there's sense. So many other things. 
Anyway, Jessica Biel doesn't follow through on it because she can't. And they, she tells him that, like, the government's after you. They're here. They told me to do this. That's when he tells her, I can see the future. He does do a cool trick that you were talking about. Yes. So when he's, like, very quickly trying to prove that he can see two minutes into the future, he, like, says a line and then flips the channel on the TV and then it says the line that he just said and then he does it over and over and over again. Which is great. Which I thought was a cool way to yeah. demonstrate that. Or, like, I memorized everything that's on TV at exactly this time, which would be crazy. Another crazy thing. And yeah. I would also believe that person. Be impressed. Because... <laughs> like, you win. So, yeah. whether you're lying or not, like, good job. I can't figure it out. Good for you. It's a really good magic trick. Um, yeah, so then he convinces her and gives her... I don't know. There's, like, a, a very fun escape scene, situ- like, where he Another sets off sort of totally a, like... understand. <laughs> he sets off, like, a Rube Goldberg. Because, again... He can only if he can only see two minutes into the future, then why did he ever set her timer thing for five minutes into the future before she would do the thing with the running the car off the cliff and everything? I don't know because he I mean, been, like, he I guess know he could that always that react to whatever's going to happen. But, right? Like, there's no reason that he would know. Yeah, it seemed like she did a very specific, like knocking the water tower off the cliff. Yeah, and I. I don't know why he like, also... Like, I believe that he would be able to dodge the things as they're falling down the mountain, but I yeah. don't understand why it was, like, that specific Why did he tell her she couldn't read the note until... Later. Until five minutes later. Yeah. The government can't read her mind. Did they no. forget who can read... It would... Or, like, uh... Yeah. Can't see the future. It's not like he's... I don't know. That was very confusing to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Why couldn't she read the note? As soon as Why didn't he whatever. just say, because then the audience would know it was going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> Why wouldn't he just be like, I'm going to run, and in five minutes I need you to let the car run off the cliff. Yeah. And then you run in the other direction. By foot, which I was like, terrible plan, my dude. You're like in Arizona, and you just made this woman walk away on foot. The FBI's also after her, theoretically. Right. I guess he assumes that they won't be after her if they see that they've split up. I, I guess. Um, yeah, and this is where he and Julian more have a whisper conversation across the canyon staring at each other. And then he, you know, sets off this Rube Goldberg machine. That part's fun. He's, like, dodging stuff because he can see ahead. Then the terrorists are also trying to snipe him during this scene. So he's also running from them. And then he gets to the bottom. He gets away. But he chooses to save Julian more instead of run. Which, like, maybe he shouldn't have. <laughs> I just thought of something. Oh, no. Oh, no. These terrorists. Yeah. Couldn't they think maybe literally anyone on the FBI's most wanted list that they're after at any given time might also be somebody that they're after to interfere with their plans? I guess. Like, how have they... uh, How have the French guys figured out that, like, specifically... Yeah, the French terrorists. How have the French terrorists figured out that they want? What if they're French Canadian to get help to interfere with their plan, and not that they are just like after him for all of the other reasons that the FBI is after people? I don't know. It was never clear to me why they found like maybe that's him how, urgent we enough. We just need some really dumb terrorists to help us take out like all of the uh, FBI most wanted list. Yeah, that's what we got to do. It's <laughs> just make them think. That they're wanted because we need because they're clairvoyant and we need them to help yeah. with, with our crimes. I, 
I don't know. They, they're devoting a lot of time to this man who they still don't know why the FBI is after him. Right. They divert, like, their None snipers. None of the reasons for any of the people that are after Chris makes sense. No. So, anyway, she puts him in this, like, clockwork orange chair. And, eyes, like... And he doesn't need his eyes to be open in order no. to do any of his things. No. But they put the, like, clockwork orange, like, eye holder opener things on his eyeballs. And then make him watch the news. And I'm like, what? Like, one of these news stations is going to report on an explosion. Tell us where. And they're like, you already know there's an explosion. Why do you need his help? And here's the thing. And why would the news get the information before the FBI? Yes. Why? And even if they did, that would only give you two minute head start. To get to wherever that place is. The only and reason- I think that we're supposed to believe, too, that he escapes and gets there by the time that the explosion maybe would have happened. Well, because once again, the only reason this works in any way is because- Jessica Beale the subject. Yeah, and he doesn't seem to have a time limit on when he can see her. Yeah, and we he, find out that was like two hours in the future. Yeah, because he runs straight there and nothing is happening because he can't tell when it's going to happen. He just saw it happening. But they but, figure out that it was two hours in the future. Yeah, somehow. Um, but she doesn't... Julian like, Moore doesn't know that. two hours in the future. She doesn't yeah, know. she doesn't know about the Jessica She thinks Beale he thing. can only see two minutes in the future. Which still doesn't help for their nuclear bomb thing. No, because if you've got two minute warning on a nuclear bomb going off, there's, there's nothing. No, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. Um, also, I was watching that scene where she's like lecturing him about like, he says, I have rights. And she's like, the right, like this, the safety of everyone is more important than like your rights. And I was like, is this that's a movie about how, the Patriot Act? That's not how rights work. It's not supposed to be how rights work. Well, but after terrorist attacks, that's kind of, that's how, it kind works. of how it works. Yeah. So I was like, 2007, people are starting to sour on the Patriot Act. Maybe that's what this movie's about. We a little bit of propaganda. Yeah. He said, not anymore. Um, so yeah, I don't yeah, understand. The Patriot Act is still a thing, too. I know, well, but like, it. people were no longer as enthusiastic by 2007. Yeah. Um... I just don't, uh, yeah, I don't understand what her plan was. So anyway, they let him go because now he's like, they've got Jessica Beale and I have to save her. And they're like, fine, we need to find them. So they team up. And this is when they go to the shipping yard and they just have a grand old time. Great fights always happen in shipping yards. Ag- that's, yeah, number one use of shipping yards, I assume, is fight scenes. I think so. I think that all of those containers just sit there empty in case any superheroes or Nicolas Cage. There's also, um... From as far as movies, I think like ninety percent of them are doing human trafficking. Probably they're yeah. like just filled with people. Yep, that's yep. all. Uh, that's the. Other I mean, like you know, the movies. Daredevil show. You get yep. both human trafficking and fight scenes. Yep. There we go. This one mostly filled with uh, with French terrorists, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> still not sure why, where they were from and why they were going after nuclear warheads. We didn't really get a Trying lot. Trying to explode 8 million people. In yeah, we didn't really States. get an explanation on what their sort of motto No motivations. Was. That's alright. We can have some vague European terrorists. Yeah, I really would have loved if they were French-Canadian. That would have been very funny to me, to have <laughs> Canadian terrorists. Oh, we yeah. never get that. No. Um, I think that you get it in uh, Archer. I think oh, there's some yeah, French-Canadian yeah, you're terrorists right, you're in Archer. Right. Yeah. Um... So yeah, this is actually a really fun scene, sort of action-wise, because it's just him using his powers to, like, take people out. Um, but this is, I got, I've got real confused here, because we actually see him sort of, like, sp- 
I don't know how to explain this. He goes like Multiple Man from <laughs> Multiple Man. That was the name of like an X Men. There was a oh, character really? called Multiple Man where he could make himself split off into different like. Yeah, I think we're just seeing clones. all of the tracks a little bit sped up of all of the different decisions that he could potentially make about going to different floors to... Which is cool. I just wish they would have shown us this in a smaller scale earlier in the movie. Like, literally shown us, not just, like, implied. Because once I saw it, I was like, that's how he's able to make such quick decisions when he's, like, dodging bullets and stuff earlier. But they should have, like, shown us then. Because it felt like it came out of nowhere to see him do that. For a second, I was like, did he actually divide himself? And then I went... No, I think he's just seeing all these different timelines, but it was a weird time to just totally pull that out and, you know, the yeah. cold. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. He finds Jessica Beale, They save her. And they defeat the terrorists. Or did they? <laughs> because he goes, they're on the ship. Everyone thinks everything's fine. And then he goes, I made a I made mistake. A and then it's like, oh no, the nuclear bomb is actually set to go off, and he in everything blows up. When would they have had time to make the nuclear bomb go off when they were full scale going after the FBI and Jessica Biel? My theory is there was, was just the like nuclear trigger or whatever at the shipping yard with them. It could have been. Why were they gonna explode Jessica Biel if they were also at the exact same time gonna do the nuclear bomb thing? Well, we knew so little about the terrorists that I'm like, I guess they had another team. I mean, that's possible, I guess. But we again, why people. are they wasting all this time maybe trying to explode this woman? If, especially if they have a nuclear bomb that they're going to set off, then why it even bother? It just seems bother? like such a waste of resources. Yes! You're going to blow everything up anyway. I didn't make any sense on, on how or why or whatever. So I make a mistake and then the bomb goes off. And yep. then this is what made me and Liz flip our lids. It flashes all the way back to when they have sex in the hotel. And they're laying there talking about destiny naked in the bed. That none of so, the things that happened after that happened. Most of the movie was not real. I, when the nuclear bomb went off, I said, this is going to be a vision of the future. But I thought we were going to go back, like... Three minutes, maybe. I thought maybe an hour, like, before we got to the shipping yard or something. I was like, okay. They just erased all of the action from the entire movie. Yes. I, we screamed. (laughs) I... I, My mouth hung open for a good 30 seconds. I was like, what? I truly howled. I was, um... So thrilled. I was so... I was mad about that twist. Like, I don't know if a twist has ever made me mad before. Yeah, it was a bad twist. It was rough. Uh, did not... Did... And... And then he just, like, gives himself up to the FBI to help them stop it. Which now I don't know how he's gonna stop it. Yeah, he can't. I mean, I guess he's got... Because he doesn't know where the nuclear bomb was. Right. That happened somewhere at sea. Yep. And now that Jessica Beale's not involved, he can only see two minutes into the future again. Yeah. So, I don't see how he can stop it. No. <laughs> but that's where the movie ends. I think ends. we all die. That's when it ends. Yeah. Yeah. It, it ends with that. And I don't. we don't know that they were successful or that he reunited with Jessica Beale. We don't know what happened. The end. Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, boy. Next. So, (laughs) 
I see what you did there. So, uh, what would you give? What What's your rating on this movie? Oh God, I I I, I forty. 30, 30 something, 40 something, somewhere around there. Would you recommend people watch it? Um, kind of. I don't know. It's like the, it the fight scenes are very cool. The action scenes are very cool. It's a fun movie to watch, but I also a little bit am like a masochist when it comes to watching things that are bad. Oh, really? With yeah. this podcast? <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> Um, Not me. I only watch good films. Because <laughs> um, I, I was I was definitely entertained. I was pretty engaged throughout. Yeah. Just it's mostly just like trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. Yeah. We spent um, a lot of time just trying to talk logistics. So, yeah. I think I agree with your rating, but I think if you like movies that'll make you want to yell at the screen, then mm-hmm. you should probably watch it. Yeah. Um, I think if you're in for, like, a silly Nicolas Cage movie. Do you think you know what the uh, critic score and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes are for this? Oh, um, I'm gonna guess... I'm gonna guess critics, it's gonna be somewhere in the 30s. And maybe the audience is higher? Maybe a little higher? Yeah, you are correct. Yeah. Um, the, uh, critic score is pretty close to 30. It's a little lower. It's 28%. Okay. And then the audience score is 53%. Oh, wow. But still rotten. It's yeah. Still, it's, it's the knocked over popcorn bucket at that yeah. level. <laughs> um, we know the graphic. Um, yeah. That makes sense to me. Man, there are some really funny, uh, you know, how Rotten Tomatoes pulls the critic quotes. Yeah. There's some really funny ones. Tell I'll me. read a couple of them um, Good. that I really liked. Um, we got um, from Nick Shager from Lessons of Darkness. It's debatable whether Cage's supernatural ability is any more interesting than his strange uh, coiffure. Oh. His 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 coif? Coif. I don't know how to spell that word, I guess, but yeah. Yeah. But he does have some pretty crazy He's got some wild... He's got... You know what he's got? He's got the Tom Hanks hair from, uh, like, what was that movie? The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, he does. He's He's got got that weird mullet. Yeah. Um... We've got uh, from Tom Meek with the Boston Phoenix. Tom Ahori and the phalanx of writers implode Dick's intriguing premise into a pedantic thriller. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, someone that can change the future like Cage does here is a bit like Superman, but without any kryptonite. Yeah. That's uh, James O'Healy from Sci-Fi Movie Page. Uh, I mean, sh- his kryptonite is three minutes in the future. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what the kryptonite is. That one doesn't actually make any sense to me. That's no. It. Like, um, I understand why they're... Because, like, the one thing I will say about this two-minute thing is, like, I'm glad that there is a limit. I take issue with this line, which says, predictable cage sci-fi tale may entertain teens. It was not predictable. It was but not only because it made no sense. Yeah, you cannot predict it in the same way that you cannot, like, predict the actions of a madman. Like, no. there's no logic involved. There, I could not, there was no part of it that I was like, I know exactly what's gonna happen. No. Um. Last one. A schlocky mix of bad special effects and worst cage hairdos. <laughs> from Lisa Schwartzbaum from Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, I mean, I guess the special effects weren't that bad. There weren't that many. 
No, uh, like, I mostly I mean tell. the flashback stuff, I guess. I guess, yeah. Which I don't is know. whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it's a little cheesy, but like, yeah. I don't know how else you would do it, so. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. Watch it if you. Watch it if you want a movie to make you upset. We did already <laughs> spoil it for you, so yeah, it won't be a surprise. I don't think that. No, what you should do is trick other people into watching this film. Yeah. Don't tell them the twist. Watch the movie with them. And then watch their heads explode. Watch them get real mad at the end. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, it's predictable, so maybe they'll under, they'll know. They'll be like, "Oh, I saw that coming." I hate yeah. people that. Ugh. Ugh. Get out of here. Um. So that's next. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> well, I think it's time for Inside the Cage. Oh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good, like Nicholas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I was going for. I wish that I could um, figure out how to say words backwards because I would say inside the cage backwards. Oh, you got to do like uh, the like the final credits on that movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it. There's um, there's like these um, little people in um, uh, Twin Peaks who oh, yeah. in the Black Lodge. This is actually a super cool effect. But they actually speak backwards, and then David Lynch takes their lines that are spoken backwards and then plays them flipped so that they are talking backwards, but you're hearing them the right way. What? Yeah. And, uh... David Lynch. It's, uh... <laughs> it's a pretty cool effect. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, but so- apparently they're... So they're, like, these two... They're these twins who are, like... You know, they're, like... They're like little people. And um, apparently they used to speak backwards to each other when they were kids. It was like their secret language. Dang. That's hard. Yeah. How do people do that? That's Anyways, a great find from fun, David Lynch. Fun Twin Peaks fact for you. On our Nicholas that's Cage what you podcast. guys come here for. <laughs> um, so the news that we are sharing with you this time is that Nicholas Cage is going to be playing Nicholas Cage in Dead by Daylight, the video game that will be released later this year. And this is not a video game I'm super familiar with. It is a horror game. Um, and I, I don't really play video games, but I do sometimes watch them because I like to know yeah. the immersive stuff. Um, I, I'm not familiar with this one, but it is one where you like, it's a sort of cooperative um, sort of not cooperative game where you Four play versus with... one. Yeah. yeah. So kind you... of reminds me of um, when you play multiplayer. Have you ever played played the multiplayer Left for Dead? I haven't played anything. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen the multiplayer Left for Dead? Because with uh, Left for Dead, like the story mm-hmm. is your it's a zombie apocalypse game. Yeah. But when you play multiplayer online with other people, you can play either as the people or you can play as zombies. Oh, really? Which is kind of fun. That's wild. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, I, yeah, I think you can play as a killer or as one of the four survivors who are trying to survive the killer. And since the game originally came out, they originally came out with, like, um, original characters. And since then, and the other sort of um, versions of the game, they've added, like, uh, iconic horror characters um, so they've got some, like, Stranger Things characters, Halloween characters, um, uh, Ash from Evil Dead, stuff like that. Um, and you can, and some of the killers are now famous killers from movies. And uh, now Nicolas Cage is an option for one of the survivors. 
It's still not clear to me how this happened. He looks pretty cool in the, uh, still, I'm trying to, like, I'm not sure which movie version of him they're basing him off of. I know he's playing Nicolas Cage. Yeah. playing himself. I think he looks a lot like he did in Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. That that feels like the right one. He's got, like, the leather jacket. Um, He's got the dark goatee and the dark hair. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I'm interested to see. I don't know if this is a motion capture one or not. It kind of looks like it might be. It looks like that. Because it, it looks a lot like... Did you see any of um, the uh, cyberpunk uh, game that Keanu Reeves is a character in? Oh, no. I've just seen the clip of Keanu Reeves. Um... I was going to say, um, I feel like the way that Nicolas Cage looks in the clip, at least, yeah. of this video game that he's in, the animation and everything looks to me like the way that Keanu Reeves looks in uh, Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of wonder if they're similar. Yeah. I do have this quote from uh, the director, Matthew Cote, Cote? Um, who's talking about adding Nicolas Cage, and he says... In some cases, for the screams and grunts, we have used different people sometimes because these are extremely strenuous exertions and they can take a toll on people. But in this case, Mr. Cage told us there has never been a voice sound alike for Nick Cage, and we will not have one now. So he was generous <laughs> enough to record every single grunt, scream, and exertion that you hear in Dead by Daylight. God, I just, I want to see, <laughs> again, I just want, just like the Croods, I just want the behind the scenes of him recording all of this stuff i hope i I hope that we get like some videos when they're doing like promotion and stuff for it um because that would be incredible and it's like we're just talking about like we don't understand how he got involved in this because i don't believe that he's a video game person um he doesn't seem to like like new technology that much and he i don't know maybe he does like games but that would be the first i've ever heard of it so, but it is funny to me that like even if this isn't a thing that he's necessarily interested in he's still all the way in. <laughs> He's still, like, not gonna half-ass it. <laughs> no. Never half-asses anything. It's not in his repertoire to half-ass anything. Alright, well, we're gonna try to not have a uh, forever hiatus again. Uh, and next week, we're continuing on our or next next time, next episode, not next week. Uh, we are continuing our apocalyptic uh, little string of movies here, and yeah. we are watching... Uh, left Behind. Yeah. So, uh, keep a an movie eye. I forgot existed. <laughs> um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, follow our social media, especially our Instagram, if you haven't already. Um, and, uh, yeah. Stay cagey out there. Stay cagey, everybody. Bye! Bye! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.